Welcome to In Partibus in Fidelio, the show focused on smells, bells, old prayers, and rediscovering the Catholic imagination. Our mission is to explore what it means to have a Catholic worldview and what faithfully living the life of a Catholic looks like in a land of unbelievers. I'm your host, Sean Barth. Let's get to it. So it's summer break. Most of SIUE is living with family for the summer, and I have no doubt that all Numenites are attending daily mass, fasting for souls in purgatory, and probably learning the rosary in Latin. So I figured I'd still do the podcast this summer, but instead of talking to students, I just talk to myself. Probably cover a few basic items of faith, like if Jesus is the second person of the Trinity incarnated in man, Jesus, and the Trinity is united from eternity, was Jesus in heaven and on earth at the same time. You know, stuff like that. Before I go there, I've had a couple of people ask if I could explain what the imagination is and why I'm doing it in the first place. So that's what I'm going to do. But first, we need to set the stage. So let's look around at the world we live in for a minute. There's political discord and war pretty much all over the world. Religious institutions, not just the Roman Catholic Church, are in crisis. Tribalism's on the rise. This means people are increasingly organizing themselves by ideology, race, gender, etc. instead of working together. Relativism. It's all about my truth and your truth, not the truth. You can do whatever as long as it doesn't mess with me and mine. Everything's being dismantled in the interest of equality, instead of exploring how traditional values and symbols can speak to us and give us meaning today. Everything is in the eye of the beholder. There's nothing beyond. Faith is equated with superstition, wishful thinking, and science is the only source of truth. But what's true? Anything? And if so, how do, how do we get to it? Is anything good, or are there only things that are useful and things that aren't? What about beauty? Are symbols only about power, and is beauty just about fads? I bring this stuff up to paint a small picture of the confused, superficial world we find ourselves in. Uh, Right off the bat, I'm going to tell you that there is truth, goodness, and beauty in the world. That said, we live in a world where art and symbolism and wisdom and the sacred, they have to be justified in a place where they have no place. Okay, so keep all that stuff tucked into your pockets, all right? So I got onto this whole Catholic imagination kick about a year ago uh, when I found a candle that my grandmother, God rest her soul, used to light whenever a thunderstorm would hit. I remember being like five or six years old, lighting it with her in her living room and saying a prayer. And after having this memory, I was immediately washed over by other memories of her Catholicism. Her light switch covers were shaped like saints and guardian angels. She had holy water dishes attached to every doorway in her house. She prayed the rosary daily. She attended daily mass. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. Every strand of her life was connected to the church. Hers was a sacramental or Catholic worldview in which everything in God's creation mirrored the truth, goodness, and beauty of his being. She imagined things differently than many modern Catholics do. I like to think that every day she swam in an ocean of grace and sacramentality. All of this came from finding a nearly burned up, dusty old candle at my parents' house. But then I remembered other Catholics of her generation who lived and operated the same way. Uncles, aunts, family, friends, etc. Granted, I have no way to know what her interior life was like, although I know her story is full of hard times. But even still, all of this got me thinking. What was so different about Catholics of previous generations that helped them imagine the world so much differently than the Catholics of the recent past? This question has been a common thread in my previous podcast because I'm interested in what young Catholics think about their faith and what it means to be Catholics in a land of unbelievers. Is the Catholic sacramental imagination among young Catholics dwindling or is it deepening? Now there's some solid evidence that the traditional Latin Mass, also known as the Tridentine Mass, 
is experiencing a burst of popularity among young adults. If I would have heard this about 10 years ago, I would have been surprised, but now, not so much. Why? Everything's been separated and segregated. Science is at odds with faith. Morality is at odds with politics. People no longer trust the advice of their doctors. Cultural artifacts are destroyed because people have no connection with history. We're at odds with ourselves, creating chaos and calling it order. Our advancements are hurting more than they're fixing. We're a civilization adrift without a compass. And I think this is directly related to what I'm discovering is behind the weakening of the Catholic or theological or sacramental or analogical or ecclesial imagination. Our modern disconnection with truth, goodness, and beauty. These are known in certain circles as the three transcendentals. The word transcendental means beyond the limitations and the influence of place and time. So this is to say that truth, goodness, and beauty are objective or independent of what people feel or think, right? They're actually properties of God's being and reflect the divine origin of all things, as well as the unity of all truth and reality in God. These elements are among the deepest realities we can experience. They help unite us across time and culture. Some quick examples are to think about the great works of art, music, literature, architecture, people have created over the millennium. These examples are recognized as being so amazing because something about them relates directly to the fundamental transcendence of God, which we're actually hardwired to recognize. Super heavy stuff. So for a quick and totally irresponsible breakdown, here goes. Truth means, according to St. Thomas Aquinas, mind in accord with reality. Mind in accord with reality. We don't create our own truth. or each have our own separate truths. Truth exists because God exists, right? When our senses and intellect are firing on all cylinders, we can come to know and make solid judgments about reality. But first, we have to believe truth is real. Goodness isn't determined by value or pleasure or by how much money or status something can get you. Goodness is actually perfection of being. If a thing acts according to its nature and purpose more perfectly than another of its kind, then that other thing is inferior, right? So in easier terms, a pair of scissors that can cut a clean edge is a good pair of scissors. A good eye has 20-20 vision. And a cup of decaf is absolutely not a good cup of coffee. You get the picture, right? For Christians, Jesus Christ is our foundation of the good and gives a perfect example of what a good life looks like. And last but not least, and actually most important for our discussion here, is beauty. Beauty is not in the eye of the beholder. It isn't determined by European fashion, reality TV, or unreal expectations of the perfect body. Since it's directly related to the nature of God, beauty can actually help evoke wonder and delight experiences which I think are lacking in our modern world. Many times, beauty can be found in simplicity and purity, especially in the elegance of math and science. A lot of times, beauty has a strong, sudden effect on our soul. Like, for example, when we see an amazing sunset, or when we're moved to tears by a movie or a commercial, beauty is a type of inner radiance or shine that comes from a thing that's true to its nature or form. For a more penetrating discussion of beauty, just ask St. Thomas Aquinas or... You can go ahead and YouTube Bishop Barron on beauty. Beauty pleases not only the eye or the ear, but also the intellect and a celebration of the integrity of our body and soul. It can be seen as a sign of God's goodness, benevolence, and graciousness, of both his presence and his transcendence, his closeness and his hiddenness in the world. I think this is really the crux of the matter. And in this, I'm in 100% agreement with Bishop Barron, Hansers von Balthasar, and Dostoevsky, and a few thousand other people to be sure that beauty will save the world. But the world I described at the outset is not interested in beauty. One of the features of a secular society like ours is that after a few generations, there's a great forgetting that takes place. 
The chain of traditions being passed down has been severed in the search for an instant gratification world that has no interest in memory or history. After a while, religious rituals, personal devotions, prayers, feasts, all the smells and bells get lost and religion becomes a series of nothing more than rules and regulations. And no one knows to say grace before meals. No one knows to fast on Fridays. No one knows to say the Angelus three times a day. No one knows an act of contrition or the Apostles' Creed or the Hail Holy Queen. And everyone thinks Ash Wednesday is a holy day of obligation. So, people receive a few fragments of the faith and they're like, hmm, this is interesting. Or else they say, this is just a bunch of superstitious nonsense, right? We can't get the big picture from a few fragments out of context with no memory or history tied to it, right? But this isn't just a Catholic problem. Just take a road trip and you notice that our whole society has started to lose its memory and sense of place too. Everywhere looks the same. Casey's, QT, McDonald's, DQ, Subway, Dollar General, Target, Walmart, Arby's, you get the picture. This is a modern problem. And this brings us back to the transcendentals, truth, goodness, and beauty. One of the interesting things about these three elements is that when you witness or experience one, you get the other two. So what does this mean? When you see a sunset, you might think, wow, that's amazingly beautiful. Right? You might stop in awe and shock and have to stop and just look, right? But if you look a bit closer, you'll see truth. Truth that our God discloses himself in the material world, right? And goodness in those subtle processes in the atmosphere that caused such beauty. And around and around it goes. And this right here is an example of seeing the world with a sacramental imagination. The experience of beauty, truth, and goodness working together in the world is the textbook definition of a moment of grace. And if it isn't, absolutely should be the definition. When we begin to live into a sacramental imagination, everything looks different. The world begins to radiate God's grace. The smell of mesquite in the air after a storm, the touch of a friendly hand, a meteor shower on a cold night, the tone of a baritone sax, an insect climbing the stalk of a plant, ants marching in unison across a picnic table, a chocolate milkshake with whipped cream and a cherry on top, the sad sounds of a trumpet in the early morning, the sobs of a loved one, the wrinkles and rheumatic joints of a grandfather's hand, puppies, and Siberian tigers. Some of these things bring a sense of joy and calm in the presence of God's magnificence. And others only make us desire more of God with a certain type of sorrowful impatience. When we approach the Mass with the same kind of lens, everything about it makes sense in a new way. We not only are able to answer the how of the liturgy, but also the why. But first you have to turn toward God and open your heart to what's in front of you. In his essence, he's truth, goodness, and beauty. Find any of those and you can see him. Now go imagine things differently. Peace.